Hello all, and welcome to Sweating the Small Stuff, a show where we sweat over the details that make our world richer. I'm your personal brain trainer, Cameron Buzar-Jamari, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, and according to your Twitter profile, self-proclaimed professional shady character and complicated communicator, Bruce Snell. Yeah, hi, uh, Bruce Snell. Um, I've been in cybersecurity for, oh, I hate to admit it, like almost 20 years now. You know, I, I love picking apart technology and, and figuring out, you know, kind of what uh, what makes it all tick and, and seeing how, you know, technology and security applies to everybody. So this should be fun. I'm looking forward to this. Thank you. And I should mention for any of you who might be familiar with a hackable podcast, this is in fact the same Bruce Snell that is taking time out of his busy schedule from there and also his role, you know, being the lead cybersecurity expert at McAfee to come onto this humble podcast and help us with one of the small hacks that we've been sweating over for quite a while and haven't figured out a really good way to get into an episode until <laughs> this serendipitous moment happened. So thank you so much, Bruce. Happy to be here. So the hack in question, the thing we have been convened here to discuss today is from the movie Ocean's 8. Yes. Are you familiar with that movie? I am. I, You know what? I admit, I am. I love a good heist movie. You know, Ocean's, all the Ocean series. Um, what was the other one? The Italian Job. Both yeah, versions, yeah, yeah. like I, I, you know, even time hacks, you know, mm-hmm. like, or time heist, like in yeah. uh, Avengers. Uh, so yeah, I definitely this this play, this movie has a, a soft spot in my heart. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> maybe this is overgeneralizing, but I feel like anyone who spends enough time in the cybersecurity realm would enjoy a good heist. No, it's true, right? Because it's all about figuring out a way around a system, right? How do how do you get in? And there's there's definitely. There's definitely a, a, an appeal to that. I mean, that's I think that's why a lot of people I know in security also enjoy lockpicking, yeah, you know, things like that, just because it's 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 a way to figure out how to get past a system, and which is ultimately at the core of any heist movie. Yeah, and it's physically satisfying. Like normally, when you do this in the digital space, like all right, I'm in, but it's just <laughs> numbers and letters on the screen. With a the lock, there's like that physical sensation of like click, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I have to admit, every you know, most of the time when I'm I'm trying to to run a hack on something, you know, it's it's super boring if to anybody <laughs> watching, you know, over my shoulder. But um, you know, eventually, you know, you you try a few times, and then you're like, oh, oh, that worked. <laughs> so, <laughs> not necessarily the satisfying I'm in, but you know, it's it's close. Awesome. And so from there, I'd like to bring us into the Ocean's 8 hack. Uh, so for anyone who's not familiar, we're going to go through it beat by beat. But I just wanted to take a moment up front and just say what I find so fantastic about it is so many times in movies, they come up with this crazy like uh, in Jurassic Park, they had like the 3D array where they were like, <laughs> I'm a Linux hacker it's and bright. I'm going through this incredible overarching system or whatever what was it she said she was like oh it looks like flying a helicopter but it's linux so it's okay or something ridiculous yeah. like that and then I, I literally have a coworker who we actively just like every time we are logging into a linux box where we're like it's a unix system <laughs> and then there's always like a digital rubik's cube that has to appear on the screen as like this is hacking we're still right. figuring out how to get this movie took the time to just say, like, this is what an actual hack would look like. In two and a half minutes, they lead us from doing basic recon to having access to a system in a way that I think most audiences can understand. Right. And that's entertaining. I mean, all they did was they took probably the actual beats of a hack, and then they just threw lounge music over it and was like, now now you can actually watch this and it's palatable. Which I mean I don't I don't know about you, but I all, always listen to lounge music as I'm I'm doing any sort of side. It's the only way I get some richer cheese going, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. 
So let's let's start from the top of this hack. So the entire the entire premise of the movie is they need to get into the Met so that they can steal all this incredibly expensive jewelry. And the hacker character Nineball, played by Rihanna, if I recall, mm-hmm. she's trying to figure out a way to get into the security network so that she can fiddle with the cameras and create blind spots. Right. So step one to any good hack is, as I understand it, the recon. You're mm-hmm. figuring out who your target is and figuring out what kind of players are really relevant within the system. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I actually, that the whole nine ball thing was just cracked me up when she, you know, it's nine ball. Really? What's your real name? Eight ball. Like that just <laughs> so funny. I loved it. I feel like that's one of those cases where their Twitter handle went too far and now they can't like live a normal life. anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then that's so the, and that's what I loved about it is like her character isn't like doing anything zany or weird. She's just going to the website of the Met and figuring out what their security um, company is. It's McAllister Security. It's a fictitious company. Right. Because I guess a real company wouldn't want to be associated with no, getting hacked. absolutely not. <laughs> and from there, she just does, a, I guess, a bare minimum of footwork to figure out what staff in McAllister would be relevant. And in this case, she finds Paul Samanian, I guess is his name. Yeah. yeah. He is, quote, the department head for visual matrix design. Right. Right. Uh, whatever that means, right? Yeah. And eventually you just realize it's like, oh, he's just the guy who gets paid to put the cameras where they're supposed to go. Right. And right. it's nothing too special there. But what's nice about the hack is it's showing that, like, she didn't have to, like, break into a fancy database or anything. It's showing that, like, this data is just out there on people's company sites. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's it's a lot more common than you'd expect. Um Especially, you know, there, there's many levels of that, right? I mean, I, I found that once, once I got uh, promoted to, you know, the, the, the current level I'm at in, in my company, um, I started getting a lot of very targeted spam. And that's mm-hmm. just from people figuring out, you know, kind of what, you know, finding my position on LinkedIn. And then they say, oh, well, I know everybody at NTT has this sort of email address. So we're going to like, we're, I'm just going to send an email to this person, right? Um, yeah. And so it's just it's just basic reconnaissance. Um, there was actually a really interesting um, hack that went on last year. It was a, a, an extended campaign against industrial equipment or industrial um, manufacturers. And one of the things that the the hackers did was they actually found a picture on the HR site with a new plant opening. And the picture was high res enough to where they could zoom in in the background and see the type of equipment that was being used in that plant. And then they could build their hacks around that. Right. So there there's always this crazy information that's sitting out there that that, you know, people probably don't think about. Oh, my God, that I love hearing that story, because one of those cases where like in the security world, there's so many certifications, there's so many different things that say like when you're worried about hackers, you got to do this and uh-huh. put in these firewalls and do all this stuff. But then there's always like the one person on the HR site or <laughs> just like one person somewhere that is the real weak point in the security. Like yeah. it's easier to hack people than it can be to hack equipment. Sometimes. Oh, for sure. There was I, I won't name the company, obviously, but there was one company we were we were helping with uh, secure their environment, and it turned out the the travel department was sending 
the credit card information back and forth via email when they were oh, no. travel, right? So I mean, just, like all of these crazy things pop up that you're like, wait, why did you not do that? Like, or why did you do that? What's, you know, what's the theory behind that? And it's just people not thinking. Exactly. And so kind of taking it back to the hack. So mm-hmm. um, nine ball just goes to Paul's Facebook. It's not actually that hard. Most people's Facebooks, they'll include where they work or some general information about them. Enough that you could narrow down to this specific Paul. Right. And it turns out that Paul, he doesn't just like dogs. He loves <laughs> he dogs. Loves and he doesn't just love dogs. He's wild for Wheatons. A specific yes. type of, what are they, like terriers? I don't know what kind of dog that I'm is. I'm assuming, like I think any dog that looks in that vague shape is probably a terrier. So, And it's just like this beat. It's this moment. Like they don't spend a million years resting on it. It's just like, all right. As the person trying to gain access, I've found someone who's important, what they like, what they would be interested in clicking on, and have targeted them specifically. So right now we have all the elements of a spear phishing campaign. Right. Then would you like to take a moment to explain maybe in a little more depth what spear phishing is? Yeah, no, absolutely. So so there's there's a couple different I mean it's it's multiple levels, right? So there's phishing, which is kind of the general term for, you know, sending out these blanket emails that are enticing enough to where people will will click on the link and and typically go to a page that's loaded with malware or to a page that's going to collect information. Uh, you know, a lot of ones that we see are kind of widely targeted, and it's almost like um like a marketing campaign, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll they'll just send out tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of emails with you know a fake bank page or a fake login um, with information like, oh, your account's going to be canceled if you don't log in and update your password or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just send them out hoping that people will be, you know, won't be paying enough attention and will, will click on those links, right? Um, and they get a surprisingly large click through. Um, I was looking at some numbers uh, a while ago, and they were saying that basically about 25% of all phishing emails are actually clicked on. Right, which is you know if you're if you're doing marketing, you're happy if fifteen percent get clicked on, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. so it's a huge huge number. Now, if you want to do something and target a specific organization, then that's where you're going to go into spear phishing, right? So it's it's a lot more targeted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way to craft an email in such a way that um, it will be enticing for one particular person or you know maybe a group of people uh, to click on that link. And this is a, this is a great example of this. What I love about this is just the fact that like we live in a world of targeted advertising, right? So it's actually that much harder to tease out which is someone targeting you because they want you to legitimately just go buy something or just go check out their website, or who's trying to actually get access to your machine and do whatever nefarious deed, right? Right. I you know I always say that. Um, you know, you kind of have to channel your inner Scully, right, from, from X-Files, <laughs> right? Whenever whenever you get an email that you're not suspecting with the link on it, you're like, ah, should I, you know, I, I don't really think I should click that link. Um, exactly, exactly. So, th- so this was, in the, in, to bring it back around, because I could, I could ramble on about phishing for, forever, uh, but to bring it back around to this one, I mean, this was a, a really well-executed spear phishing email, right? So she went and and took information that was was available uh, about this guy, um, you know, did did a little bit of extrapolation, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it may have been interesting. I, th- I think the the one thing that might have been interesting on, in the hack was to see if there was an upcoming, not tournament, sorry, I'm thinking 
you know, like so, show, I yeah, guess. A show, yeah, an upcoming dog show or something, and and fake fake an email that looked like that, but yeah, something with a little more urgency, right? But she did a really good job of putting together, you know, what looked like a, an invite to to a dog show. Yeah, and that's that's the kind of like the next beat is like it's one thing to like identify your target. She then takes the time to build this fictitious website, which like it's easy to buy a domain that's like Wild for Wheatons or whatever, right? And then just make, like, just set up some simple website with some open source or free SSL certificates. Uh It's hard for anyone, especially someone, like, you'd think a security individual, although he's technically more focused on physical physical security than, yeah. But you'd still think a security individual at any level of an organization would be suspicious of any sort of link in an email, but... It's easy for people to like just fall into that trap. And and I, I think that's the beauty of, of this hack is that she really targeted something that he clearly loved. Like you can mm-hmm. see in in his reaction when he got the email, he was excited about it. Mm-hmm. Right. It was so like I think from a, a cinematic perspective, it was great because it was like, look, you know, I know I know so much about this person that I know he's gonna be excited about this. And he was, right? And so I think it was kind of that they they did that um, emotional response. She got that emotional response from him, uh, which kind of threw a little bit of the suspicion or, or the inner scully out the window. Right? That's exactly like what's so great about this is like she builds this website very quickly. Mm-hmm. And to most of us, that's the other thing that I thought was interesting was like, Exactly like you pointed out, she knows to send it to his work email. Uh-huh. And that's the thing is like a lot of these ad scrapers, they don't, really differentiate because you're the same person everywhere you go. So they're building roughly the same profile of you. Right. As much as we don't like to admit it, when we're at work, we probably still go to check out like some of our favorite sites just because that meeting is just not that interesting. (laughs) Right. And then that's it. Like the moment he clicks on it, he gets redirected to the site. Malware gets downloaded to his machine. And I'm guessing that was a rat of some sort of remote access tool. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think that's the beauty of this from a cinematic perspective is that they didn't go into too many technical details about it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it just kind of assumed that the audience was right there with you or was right there with nine ball understanding that she was using some sort of, you know, advanced malware uh, to, to get in. But yeah, based on how it behaves on camera, it was very clearly a, a, a rat, a remote access tool. The, that's, a, I think, what made this scene work so well where so many other movies have failed is like the scene gave us the assumption that like, this is a heist movie. And so part of it is like when you're in a heist movie, you feel like you're as clever as the heroes. Right. And so this movie is saying like, we know you're smart. You came to this movie because you're smart and you know how to outsmart other people. So we're going to assume you're smart enough to follow along with this hack. Yeah. And I think that really rewards the uh, the viewer. Well, and I think that's where a lot of other shows get it very wrong, mm-hmm. right? Where they, they start, um, you know, kind of piling on all this techno speak to, you know, to, to make it sound impressive, right? Versus just assuming that, you know, you know something's going on and, and bringing the audience along with you. Mm-hmm. And then that's like, that's the thing is like, this is maybe two and a half minutes we watch Everything from the initial reconnaissance of like, who is this person? How would we find someone who's worth going after? Uh-huh. Then finding a way to target them. And then the escalation. Like the, the, I think the most overlooked part of any of this is the part where after she has access to his machine and she can see through his video camera so she knows when he's not at the desk anymore, mm-hmm. she can just log in later and do escalation of privileges until she has access to the actual Met uh, security system and right. can go in and... I think she just like 
every so often moves the cameras a little bit until she builds a blind spot. Which I thought was great because it was a very it was a very subtle mm-hmm. method, right? It wasn't just uh, you know, she hit hit the the down arrow and held it for five minutes until it changed enough, right? She very slowly but surely, you know, kind of slow and low as we, as we put it in in, in the industry, like you know, remove the cameras just enough, just a little bit at a time so that, you know, it wouldn't be noticed. And I think that's really informed of the hack itself because, uh, and I'm sure you could speak more to this than most people, when you've gotten access to a system, that's not actually it. That's like really the beginning of the hack. Right. Like no one, No one's getting terabytes of data that moment. They have to very slowly, very carefully exfiltrate it by figuring out like what kind of calls, what kind of interactions will no one on the network really pay attention to that I can use to move this data out of the network. Right, right. I mean, a lot of a lot of attacks, uh, a lot of um, breaches will actually go unnoticed for you know months and sometimes years at a time, because if they're really well done, they're not just going to dump just a terabyte of data, you know, out out the you know. Uh, through the firewall or, you know, or whatever, they're going to, they're going to be smart about it. And they're going to go, you know, they're going to send a little bit of data at a time, um, maybe, you know, make it look like an email that goes out every couple days or something like that. Um, There's not going to be this big bum rush of data uh, right away. And I think they, I think they did that really well with, with this one is just kind of taking that slow approach. Exactly. And yeah, that's, so for anyone listening at home, like we will have a link in the show notes to this specific hack, but that that's it. That's all it really takes. If you're making a movie right now and you would like to come up with a way to give your audience even an iota of credit that they are smart enough to follow along with your hat, <laughs> this movie is just a masterclass in how you can do that and keep it very entertaining. Yeah, it's perfect. I, I, I love it. It's, you know, you, you see, it's it's rare to see a really good hack. And I, I think this, w- this was one of them. Um, you know, there, you, you see certain things like, you know, the Tron legacy, I think they did a really good job of, you know, simulating a, you know, an actual attack on that. There's, a, there's a few here and there, but, um, I was really surprised to see it show up in an oceans movie. Actually, since you mentioned that, I'm totally going to make you come back and explain what you like. Cause I remember the entire time I was watching Tron legacy, I kept thinking like, like it was this, the entire point of the Tron universe to me was like, it is this fictitious view into how computers interact with each other. Uh huh. But at the same time, like, yeah, there were those moments where I was like, oh, that that makes sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I would love to have you back to discuss that. I'm sure. Happy to. But for now, thank you so much for taking the time to explain to us all the amazing things about what it takes to get hacks right and also the importance of people like you and making sure that security is met at all levels of an organization. Sure. No, this is great. I was glad to come on. This is a lot of fun. Thank you. So if we want to follow up with more Bruce Snell, if we want to make sure to stay in touch or learn more about the kind of stuff you get to work on or do, where can we hit you up? I think the easiest one is is my, my Twitter account, which is pretty straightforward. It's at Bruce Snell uh, on Twitter. Excellent. And as for us at Swing the Small Stuff, you can find us everywhere on social media at Small Stuff Show. We have a Patreon and we have a subreddit. So feel free to go over to both those places and leave us lots of comments. And if you have a friend who you think would absolutely adore learning more about Ocean's 8 or just hacks in general, please share this episode because we're sure they're going to thank you for it. And we found the best way to grow our audience is by word of mouth. Bruce, would you like to give us a little going out? Oh, yeah. Thank you, everyone. Uh, you know, remember, you know, if, if, some, if an email looks too good to be true, don't click on that link. Um, again, as I mentioned, summon your inner scully and be suspicious and always, um, you know, make sure you know where you're going.
on the uh, this wide world of the internet. <laughs> and on that piece of sage wisdom, I've been your personal brain trainer, Cameron Boozer-Jamari, reminding you, from movies to media to the world around us, it's details like these that make it worth sweating the small stuff. Perfect.